All right, uh, welcome to Comic Chat, episode number 44. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a nine-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and I'm originally from Compton, California. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. Uh, I'm the young guy with the picture because it's like three of us on there. It's like my dad and my granddad and me, so... The, the youngest looking one, that's me. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, <clears throat> GM3Comedy, excuse me, GM3Comedy. Um, today's date is Monday, August the 23rd. Um, I want to wish uh, Kobe Bryant's. A happy 43rd birthday and uh, may he continue to rest in peace. He was one of the greatest basketball players I've ever seen. I still uh, I still rate him second to Michael Jordan, but m- more on Kobe in a moment. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker, as well as this fine platform, for casting called Anchor. Uh, Before I get started, I want to say that I love you, all of you, and I want to say I'm tremendously happy and tremendously grateful now that I have over a million listeners worldwide to this this podcast. And I just want to say thank you for listening to Comic Chat for this podcast. 44th week um, can't believe I'm all, almost been doing this for a year so I, I, I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate everyone that has given me a listen you know and thank you for allowing me a piece of your reality for uh, 30 minutes or so and I just want to say that you guys are wonderful beautiful and you are supported loved guided and protected by the universe and you are all divine spiritual beings filled with beauty love and light and i appreciate each and every one of you just for who you are and how you are even though i don't know you but thank you for um generously giving me a part of your existence um Yeah, back to uh, Kobe Bryant. Today he would have would have been forty three years old. It's crazy because he's like the same. Well, Manny Pacquiao will will turn forty three too uh, in uh, December, I think. Uh, it's crazy that they are around the same age. But of course, Kobe Bryant passed away last year on January the twentieth in a horrible horrible helicopter crash that claimed the lives of him and his daughter Gigi his firstborn and uh seven other people you know so it was a very sad day I actually cried like I don't really you know cry for celebrities when they die because they're celebrities and they got to live a life that most people only dream up but when Kobe 
passed away, it, it hit a it hit a special place with me because it was like watching um watching a child star because I'm from Los Angeles, so I seen Kobe Bryant from his induction into the NBA all the way through till the end. Like I seen it all when he was a a young 17-year-old kid. You know, he wasn't really all that great when he was 17, but you could see flashes of greatness. You know, I was there for, you know, him airballing like four times against the Utah Jazz in the playoffs. And uh, I actually ripped him when he did that. I was just ripping him because I was a Laker fan and I hated the Jazz and they would beat the hell out of us like every year with that one fucking play. It's the one pick and roll play where either Carl Malone sets the pick and then he rolls to the basket or he sets the pick and he uh he he backs out he pops out for that little um 15 foot fadeaway where he kick his fat leg out and and nobody was able to block that shit so it was you know that rivalry was around like 96 through 98 and uh I was in high school at that time and it was really uh it was really frustrating watching Kobe, you know, not be, you know, developed. But you could see where he was going to be great because even though he airballed those shots, he was still not afraid to take them. And that's one of my knocks on LeBron James is he shrinks in big moments. LeBron doesn't want to take the big shot. He will if he has to, but he doesn't want to. Like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, they wanted the ball in their hands when the game was on the line. And uh, Kobe Bryant was one of the great, probably, if not the greatest, clutch shooters in NBA history. I mean, he was... I think he has more game winners than Michael Jordan. But, you know, he he was... Uh, he was one of the greats. And congratulations on him uh, getting inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame earlier this year. And uh, his... Uh, his second-born daughter accepting his enshrinement for him and wearing the Hall of Fame jacket. That was a, a sweet moment for... Um, for me uh, because he really came he really became like the greatest player or you could tell that he was starting to become the greatest player around 2000 uh, 2001 when he was like 21 years old and he had to throw and he, he was dunking on people he was crossing people up I mean he was blocking shots he was grabbing rebounds I mean he was a complete player and he was still only uh, 21 years of age and I knew that he was becoming the best player in basketball because he could split a double team like he was guarded by one like he was being guarded by one person I would see him do that around the back and, and throw the ball between both defenders and come out on the other side and grab the ball and, and make a move and score the basket it was 
it, it was magic. Like you could you could see that he was taking the lead from Michael Jordan. You could tell. And uh, the '98 All Star Game when he played with Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan basically was uh, doing his farewell tour, and, and that was basically Jordan's last hurrah in the All Star Game in New York City. Uh, Jordan won MVP, and they and the East won the game, but Kobe Bryant had his moments, throwing lobs to KG, who was on the. Uh, Kevin Garnett, who was on the Minnesota Timberwolves at the time, and Tim Duncan, and uh, he even caught some lobs. I think he, he, I think he either got dunked on by Ray Allen in that game, or he either dunked on Ray Allen in that game. I think it was Ray Allen dunking on him. But you know, Kobe Bryant was uh, the closest thing that we're going to see to Michael Jordan. I don't think there's going to be another player quite as dynamic and captivating and polarizing as Michael Jordan. I think that Kobe Bryant is is the closest that we'll see because uh, players are are coming into the NBA uh, massively undeveloped because uh, they're uh, forgoing at least the second year of college. I know I sound like an old guy, um, but I think that college players should stay in college at least two years, if not three, because that coaching and that knowledge goes a long way when you get to the next level. Uh, I think Tim Duncan spent all four years at Wake Forest, and he became like one of the greatest big men in NBA history. I think Akeem Olajuwon stayed either two or three years and he was he's one of the 50 greatest players and he's like one he's like the best center. A lot of people might want to argue this, but I think he's the best center in in our in my lifetime. I know about Shaq, but he beat him in the finals and Shaq didn't even win a game. He made David Robinson look like a fool. He schooled uh, Patrick Ewing in that same year. He won two titles. And he had some of, like, for a big man, he had some of the greatest footwork for for a center. He kind of had the same type of footwork that Kobe Bryant developed. And that was uh, one of my favorite traits about Kobe Bryant's game is um, the footwork, the pump fakes, you know the the spins, that was his game. It was it was awesome. It was a he was a talent, and then all the stuff that he did off the court, like uh, the show that he created called Kobe Bryant Detail, where he breaks down uh, the details of certain plays, and I think that is one of the greatest uh, shows that you could see, especially if you're a young and up and coming basketball player. I think I recommend that you uh, watch those old episodes of Kobe Bryant Detail because. You can uh, watch in-game insight being commentary, the commentary being done by Kobe himself. So uh, I think that's very helpful for young basketball players if you can still access uh, those shows. I'm not sure, but it was a very, um, it was a very, he was a very great player, man. And I, I miss him as a person. I know I didn't know him, but I miss just, like, seeing him, his head and shit. 
you know, because you get, you know, attached to players, especially if they're great. Like, seeing Michael Jordan, even though you know he's an asshole, you still think, oh, man, that's the greatest player I've ever seen pick up a basketball whenever you see Michael Jordan uh, on TV or watching a game or, you know, doing an interview. You, you just know, you just go back to numerous highlights of him doing uh, fantastic things. And the first, uh, and that's the same thing you, uh, the same feeling I get when I watch Kobe Bryant. It's like, uh, I go back to one of my favorite Kobe Bryant uh, plays. It was an actual, actually an assist, because everybody said Kobe don't pass, but he, he did shoot a lot, but sometimes he did pass. It was when uh, the, the Lakers and, and the Blazers played in the 99-2000 Western Conference Finals in Game 7. They uh, erased a 15-point deficit in the fourth quarter and topped and topped it off with a, a crossover by Kobe uh, against Scottie Pippen, and he threw a lob to, to Shaquille O'Neal, and, and, and Shaq dunked it, and he pointed with both fingers in the rafters. That, that was a... Uh, that was one of that was like my absolute favorite Kobe Bryant moment because I was uh, I was 17. I was getting ready to graduate high school, and uh, the Lakers hadn't won a title since 1988. So it was a real like it felt good going to school because everybody was like Laker fans mostly, except for the bitter Bulls fans that were still trying to hold on to the Bulls because of the dynasty Jordan created. But, uh, but the majority of my school was Laker fans, and we had Laker flags, and, and there was Laker flags all over the city, and the gangsters wouldn't, you know, it wasn't as much gang violence in Compton because everybody was happy, you know, and, and when the game was on, everybody was in the house watching the game. Nobody was out there shooting, beefing, selling drugs, whatever they do, you know, in the hood. It was a really good time from... 2000 uh, through 2003, it was uh, the summers in LA were great. I went to, um, I told you guys about this. I went to um, the first championship parade in 99, 2000. It was, and I went to the second one too in 2001 when they they, they beat the Sixers uh, four games to one. And it was it was just a it's just exciting to be you know old enough to really know what it meant to have a team your team uh, win the championship because I was alive and and I saw the '88 finals but I was still a, a little kid you know I wasn't really you know I was still I was all about Jordan but I love Magic because he played for my hometown team but. Kobe Bryant was just awesome. Like his work ethic and he just wanted to be the best. And it kind of, you know, I kind of look up to players and people who have that type of intensity where they want to be the best at what they do. I kind of have the same intensity when it comes to stand up. Even though I've been like quite lazy because I'm kind of bored because. Um, being uh, funny is harsh because a lot of people, if you're funny, they don't like you because every time you go up, you kind of steal the crowd and you, you create a memory and, and they kind of take it personal. But, you know, 
it's just my drive. I kind of try to model my drive after uh, Michael Jordan because, you know, he just was an absolute dog. But Kobe Bryant was second in line and he had the same, he had the same work ethic as Michael Jordan. And that was, that's what made him great. Even though a lot of people say he just, he just copied his game. But there was certain things that Michael Jordan did, that Michael Jordan didn't do that Kobe did. Like, uh, Michael Jordan didn't pivot as much as, as Kobe Bryant did. Kobe Bryant used the pivot a lot in the Euro step. Michael Jordan wasn't a, a Euro step. You never see him do a Euro step in the lane. Michael Jordan was like more, uh, I do a dribble move or in and out dribble and I'll get around you and I'll dunk on your big man. Kobe Bryant would do that Euro step and do a nice little floater or a finger roll. It, it was, it was, it was a work of art. It was a work of art and I was really sad for uh, Gigi passing because Gigi looked just like Kobe and I, I figured that she was going to take the WNBA to another level. I think she could have been the first uh, like real, real worldwide female WNBA superstar because they have superstars, but they're not as uh, polarized as the, the guys. And I don't understand because Candace Parker was pretty much like uh, Kobe Bryant of the WNBA. Their game was so similar. Um, I know I'm spending like 17 minutes talking about basketball, but I used to play basketball as a kid. It was like my number one passion. I used to want to be the first crippled guy in the NBA. I know that was like a... a awkward dream but that was you know that's what it was I grew up in a Jordan era and it was also uh, Reggie Miller and, and uh, Isaiah Thomas and uh, Akeem and David Robinson and like Shaq and Penny Hardaway and Jason Kidd and, uh, it was a lot of people it was a lot of people I can go all day naming like stars like Kerry Kittles and Ray Allen and, cause Ray Allen was an absolute beast when he was uh, young he was an absolute beast. That's why they put him in the movie He Got Game because he was an absolute terror. He would dunk on you and he would shoot it. That, that jumper was, 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 was wet. As the street ballers like to say, it was wet. It was cash, just like Steph Curry and, and, and Clay Thompson. Um, and uh, Chris Middleton, when he's on his J, is kind of like that. But um, Kobe Bryant was... Um, was one of, was the greatest. I think he was the greatest Laker ever. I know there's there's Magic Johnson, but I, I kind of and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I think that Kobe Bryant was the greatest Laker ever. Cause there's just so much, so many moments. Even when he had that that rape charge, everybody you know white people mostly like to bring that up because they like to any type of blemish on a black person is. Uh, it seems to bring joy to the white heart. Don't mean to sound militant, but it's the truth. Because a lot of uh, a lot of white people are rejoicing over Shikari Richardson taking the track again and finishing last. They're taking joy in her uh, failure, and that too is something that uh, makes me mad because they don't. We don't do that to the male athlete. 
Like, everybody was mad at Michael Vick for over the dog thing. But when he uh, did his time and he came back for the Philadelphia Eagles, he had love again. You know, it, it, maybe he was still hated, but it wasn't as vocalized. and The media didn't uh, throw it in our face all a lot. But, <clears throat> you know, Shikari Richardson, she didn't really even do nothing. She didn't kill any animals. She didn't uh, sexually assault a guy. She didn't rob a dude while he was under the influence of drugs. He didn't, she didn't do nothing like that. She just smoked some weed because she was dealing with the pain of the loss of her mother. Not to mention that Michael Phelps was smoking weed too. He got penalized, but not to the, the extent as her. You know, he, he everybody pretty much forgave him because he was like the U.S. darling of swimming. But this lady can't get a break because she bringing the hood to the track, you know, with the with the colored weave and the and the Gail Devers type nails, and, you know, and and the swag. Like they they just hate it because she not um she not trying to be uh, whitewashed and perfect for for the media. You know, they they don't like her because she being herself and she hasn't forgotten where she came from. And a lot of people are are giving her uh, shit because she smoked some weed and then she didn't do uh, that great in her return race. But I'm pulling for you, Shikari, because uh, I think that women get a bad rap in sports. Just like Simone Biles, Simone. Um, Her deciding to... Uh, pull out because of mental health reasons and then everybody's basically treating her like she was a draft dodger in the 60s calling her un-American and all that because she won't be the flipping nigga and win uh, gold medals for a country that won't even uh, give us justice for a wrongful murder by the police and that was my big stance on that is like I don't think any black people should have competed for the United States in the, in the Olympics because we can't even get a fair trial. We can't even get a fair trial. And, and if they do sentence the cop, they do this, they do a one big public show so that we feel like something has been done. And then uh, for months, just like now, for months, we haven't heard nothing about Derek Chauvin. Uh, or any of those cops that were uh, involved in the murder of George Floyd. We haven't heard any of anything since that verdict that was just passed down for to stop us from rioting, stop black people from rioting and looting and tearing up the cities because the economy is so bad due to COVID. Another governmental uh, farce that they brought upon us. So they, they, they gave him a, a, a light tap on the wrist because the economy can't take the blow of having to fix up multiple cities because they was burned to the ground. But so I don't think that any uh, black athlete should have competed for the United States because they don't treat us like we are part of the United States. And the only time we are a part of the United States is when it's time to go run and jump.
to make America to, to boost America's superiority complex with itself. Then they want to call on the athletic Negroes to do all these uh, athletic feats. I guess this is going to be the sports episode because, you know, it's Kobe Bryant's birthday. I had some topics, but it's Kobe Bryant's birthday. So I'm basically dedicating it to talking about sports. Uh, But the whole Shikari Richardson thing brings to mind that she got it. She got, she's getting it worse than Marion Jones. Marion Jones was like the fastest woman in the world in 1996. She was like the female equivalent to uh, Michael Johnson. But as uh, some of us know, she was busted doing steroids. Then she lied to Congress. And then came out and admitted that she lied and cried all on TV. But I guess that was a little bit more, that was a little bit before social media. So they really couldn't drag her publicly like you can now. Because that's the re- that's the whole thing, the reason why I don't really, uh, I'm not a really a, a supporter of social media. Because I think it's, it just creates a wider platform to make black people look like fools. Like this whole, um, like that whole video, that viral video that's going around with the black dude punching the white lady because she slapped him in the face and then he knocked out her husband. A lot of us are sharing that, laughing at it, making jokes like it is funny. But me, I'm kind of uh, appalled because every time they see us, every time they show us, it's always a negative light. Uh, even though a lot of people feel like the black dude was justified in his actions uh, against those those white people, I'm just mad that it was uh, filmed, and now that it is being shopped around to further perpetuate the uh, the belief that black people are ignorant and inferior and closer to animal than human it upsets me but um yeah I I just don't think that you know it's fair that women they get trashed and damn near everything that they they attempt especially if a man is doing it and then now they have the transgender men competing in women's events and I think that further degrades women because that's not a woman it's a man has the same body structure same strength as a dude it just chooses to dress like a female and wear makeup and put on a wig if you put a dog in a litter box it don't make that dog a cat So if you put a man in a dress and a wig, he's still a man. He's just wearing a dress and a wig. And this is not a knock on transgender people. It's just a truth. A lot of people got shit for saying things. And Joe Rogan keeps getting shit for for saying this same exact thing. But I don't understand because he's telling the truth. 
But that's the type of uh, that's the type of society we, we live in. We rather uh, be distracted and lied to than face the truth of a lot of things. Like we don't want to face the truth that the United States brought COVID to us. It's not you and me. It's not the citizens. Yeah, we're spreading it. But who introduced it into our society? Was it you? Was it me? Was it uh, some other guy? Or was it some government government official? But now we're uh, suffering. And then, uh, and then what? What is this? Twenty. In 2024, they're going to want us to vote again. But this whole presidential term, our freedom has been under attack. People getting tested, people having to get shots, people paranoid for their life. People feel like their well-being is being threatened. Basically, COVID is the biggest terrorist in in the world because it's compromising everybody's way of life. It's like the first, this is like the closest, excuse the expression, it's the closest uh, that I'll become to becoming a, a Jew during the Holocaust because they're separating us between vaccinated and unvaccinated and and, you know, people who got scared and, and, and went and got the vaccination, they think they're a special American because they went and got a shock. And you got these terms that cause division of vaxxers and anti-vaxxers and all that shit. It's bullshit. It's just another device that creates difference. And destroys unity. And like I said before. It's funny that this country is called. The United States. But the only thing. United. In these here states. Is the government. Putting the squeeze on us. Lying to us and shit. And doing stuff to us. And then making it seem like it's our fault. And the reason why they get away with it is because we too busy watching shit on the internet. We don't want to get up and fight. We don't want to go out and protest or nothing. We want to watch cat videos and shit. Mindless fucking shit. And, and, And that's the whole plan. Just make you desensitize yourself through the internet so you will be unaware of what's going on and if you even become aware of what the, what's going on you'd be too fat and lazy to get off of your butt and do something about it and I know oh why don't you get up and do it I'm just one person we need numbers like the motherfuckers went down there stormed the damn capitol building Nothing really happened to anybody. Like a couple people got fucked up and one person got murdered. But you're not hearing about charges coming from none of those people who, who attacked 
the, the Capitol building. First of all, most of the people was white, so you know how that goes. Second of all, I think it was staged. I think it, there was some people storming, but I think that the government also hired some people to mix in with that crowd. But, um, yeah, it just, you know, it just seemed like the whole world is going haywire. I won't say it's, it's coming to an end or anything like that, because we don't know. We just a grain of, of salt on this thing. And we trying to say, oh, the world is coming to an end. Maybe the earth is trying to heal itself from all the terrible shit that we're doing to it. Because we don't care. As human beings, we don't care about the earth that we live on. We don't even respect the fact that the earth allows us to live here because if it really wanted to destroy us, it could destroy us. It could have all the oceans rise up and wipe us the fuck out. But we don't even thank thank the earth for the trees and the grass and the air that we breathe and the the land we walk on. We We don't be thankful for that. Everybody got their hand out. Gimme, 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 gimme. Gimme, 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 gimme. I want money. I want to live. So I, I want money so I can ball. I want to be able to have this big house. And I want to have a fancy car. And I want to have all the clothes. And I want my wallet to be overflowed. But we won't take the time to say thank you, Mother Earth, for providing us a beautiful place to exist. Um, well, this has been Comic Chat, episode number 44. Um, my Dodgers took a beating yesterday from the Mets, uh, 7-2. to They lost, but they won the series ultimately. It was a four-game series. They won it 3-1, to one. so uh, they're two games back at the Giants, and we got like a little over a month of baseball to play into the playoffs. And uh, Mookie Betts is not back, which I'm really worried about. But uh, they've been holding up. That offense is putting up like four runs a game. I don't like that. I think they need more like a five or a six to win. I think they'll be is more comfortable when they have like six runs to win. But hopefully they can finally win a series against the Padres. We have the Padres and the Giants coming up this week. So uh, hopefully... Um, I'll have some good news next week about the Dodgers. If you're a Dodgers fan and you're listening to this, if you're a Diamondbacks fan and you listen to this, you guys suck and you guys are the worst team in baseball. Uh, happy 20 years of that one lonely ass championship you got. You fucking bums. But I know I'd be, I know I'd be harsh on uh, Arizona sports. It's just because I don't live here. I don't live here. I wasn't. I wasn't born here. I, I won't say I won't live here. I don't live here. I do live here, but I wasn't born here. So uh, my heart is always gonna bleed LA because that's where I'm from. Uh, I had a friend. I had a breakfast with a schoolyard chum of mine uh, yesterday, and it was just refreshing to be around somebody who uh, who can relate. So. Uh, Hopefully, my Dodgers do good this week, and hopefully they repeat as World Series champion because there hasn't been one since, like, 98, 99. 
And uh, this has been Comic Chat number 44. I am your host, uh, Glendon McGee. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, GM3Comedy. On Facebook, Glendon McGee, the youngest looking one, because there's like three of them, my granddad and my dad. Uh, the youngest looking one. We, we all ugly. Just, uh, just pick the young one. That's me. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And also on this lovely streaming platform called Anchor. There's uh, this episode and 43 other episodes that you could uh, listen to. And I just want to say that once again, I love all of you and I'm tremendously happy and tremendously grateful that you have given me 36 minutes of your time and probably 37 uh, minutes of your time. And I just, uh, I ask that you continue to be a loyal listener to this uh